0: As I was reading through that book this week, book of the Bible this week, uh, uh, another proclamation against Nineveh, uh, the Syrians, but also within all of, all of the scheme of the p- political mess and national turmoil for Israel and for that nation as well, the Middle East. At that time, we still see it today. We see that God is in control and God is always, always good to us and so keep that in mind as we continue to 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 see a lot of of current events take place take uh, form shape i guess um whether it's politics or uh the covid um you know all these things that keep going round and round another uh passing of away of of people we know or uh, just difficulties that we face all right so young guys Craig's beat you to the punch I was gonna have you tr- uh, hand out the bulletins but would you grab those other papers and if you didn't get uh, an update from Craig Rosentrader I could afford it email but we just don't he doesn't want anything on social media about any of his ministry so I thought I'd just print it out so each family if you didn't get one of these papers um raise your hand i gave them out to a lot of sunday school people um so your husband or your wife may have one and you may not know it so just raise your hand if you don't have one and and then craig's got bulletins for you Uh, raise your hand if you want a bulletin i did not uh get in there on our bulletin that we have our fellowship dinner today But we do. Praise the Lord. I hope you'll stick around. These are good for us, not just to fill our bellies, but to encourage one another. Uh, One of the things that I was trying to tell my daughter, so maybe you can rate them on this, but kids, maybe I'll challenge all you kids today, right? I want you to find an adult and just ask them how they're doing and how you can pray for them during fellowship dinner afterwards, and take some time, and adults might have to help them out. Kids, are you listening? Hello, kids. Can I have all the kids looking at me? All right. So I want you to try to start a conversation with one of the friendly faces of these adults here today at fellowship dinner, and ask them how they're doing, and ask them, hey, can I pray for one thing in your life? And adults, I want you to do the same for the kids. And then pray, and, and this could be after you're done eating, this could be before you eat, but try to strike up conversations with this different people you haven't really got to know. Okay, so fellowship dinner, hopefully we'll get to re-engage in each other's lives and be there to pray for one another, encourage one another. Um, so that's what we're going to try to do. Okay, kids? Good? All right? Okay. So another announcement is uh, the food pantry floor is being worked on. We're trying to re- redo things to make it look better in there, and we're going to need to have all the stuff back in there, I think, here. This Saturday is a, um, another, su- uh, another time where the doors are open to, to try to um, get food to people. Uh, it's always open in the sense that you can always call the number on the door, and Lori will be available Um, to get that food to whoever may need it, Um, anyone in need. There's a few other items there. And so once we know for sure we have everything uh, back in place, we'll try to uh, maybe do another food drive. We were kind of keeping that low key until we had this project done uh, so that we weren't moving a lot of food. And so after this, we may have some food drives going, taking place. Um, I don't, uh, let's see, other announcements. Is, are there any other announcements? Okay. Prayer requests. Yes, Todd. Okay, that's good to hear. Um, Ann Warren, continue to pray for for her, I think, just healing. Uh, she did have that blood clot, but her knee, I think it's her right knee, is what she initially hurt. I don't know if that's why she had blood, cl- blood clots, but... Um, uh, she still needs to heal from that. And of course, Nat, her son, uh, up. this is up at Thedford. Continue to pray for him. Uh, Sherry Peterson, she'll have an, a monthly checkup this Wednesday. So pray that goes well. Um, last I talked to, that was a text. Last I talked to her, she's still a little dizzy, you know, but there's good signs. But then there's also um, some other things just. So keep just keep continuing, pray for them and of course they're staying um, isolated just because of her health issues. So yes. Okay. 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 I don't know if we need to put it down I need to ask Lori I was talking to Lori Stutzman her um, grandma uh, Loretta uh, is basically hospice care if she's still this was two days ago so I'm not sure where that, where that leaves them uh, and then my uncle Jim was, and I don't have an update from yesterday, but possible gallbladder. My Uncle Jim and my Uncle Jay, two of Dad's, there's four of them, four boys, two of them, they, Uncle Jim and Uncle Jay both can't see very well. So So that's another thing that they've been dealing with, but uh, Uncle Jim, uh, my dad's the oldest. uh, just... Just has some other problems, I guess, and we're just praying it's, you know, can be fixed. Jim Wanch. Oh, yes. Thank you, Dandy. So, Matthew and Sarah Bates, missionaries that we support. Um, the baby was delivered really premature. What, how many weeks? 35. 35 so, that's not, yeah. Only that's not too bad. But, almost five pounds, okay. So, she's the one with the heart defect and the uh, possible, um, the words escaping me, Down syndrome. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. A lot of you know. So thank you. Good. Keep praying for him. Um, yes, Deb. where do they live Shell. Okay, that's close. So Deb's friends in Shelton, uh, there's a fire that saved all the people. Sun saw it. So that's good, but
1: Basically all they lost was
0: the Okay. They oh, okay. That is a big praise. Sam's still healing. Samantha, that is, right? Doing pretty good, right, Sam? Okay. How's Seth doing?
2: Good.
0: Don't forget about Seth. Let's keep him in our prayers. I don't know I rarely mention him anymore, but well I'll pray for the big bees and for Seth. He was up here, I think, enjoying the music a little bit earlier. That's good, right? Oh, <laughs> well, maybe I have to do better. Do that. Better do that today. <laughs> okay. So, how old? How old, Seth? Now, twenty-five. 25. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, it's good to see you in here, Seth. I'm sure I'm forgetting something, you know, continue to pray for one another. Uh, pray that we have the Lord's eye standing. I did go a little bit to a marriage conference at Marinath. I thought it was really good. Uh, pray for each other's marriages. You know, we talk a lot about the tax uh, in a lot of different ways upon whether our nation or different groups of people. But the primary institution that God set up is is the marriage and the family. And we must protect our marriages. And so take every effort, every effort to grow your marriage. And I say this as a very imperfect husband. Okay. Um, maybe, and I was thinking as we were doing this, we need to have um, just some marriage. Uh, times where we have, you know, a couple hours. Hours where we can get together as couples and then go through some things and then have some fun outside together as couples. But uh, um, and you know I've been praying about our singles. You know I know there's some things going on in different places, but how we can encourage them as well. Um, but you know, continue pressing on together as as families. Uh, put the Lord first. Don't let anything come in between you two, uh, you who are married, okay? Um, So Nahum, (laughs) Nahum, Uh, fascinating book, especially if you take time to read uh, some of the notes about um, the historical context, when this was taking place, Um, interesting Uh, So verse 1, the oracle of Nineveh, uh, the book of the visions of Nahum, the Elkishite. And so we had uh, Nineveh make this radical change when Jonah, right, came and they turned to the Lord and now they have fallen away and they're brutal people. The Assyrians are brutal people, and there is such a devastation of Nineveh that they didn't even tell. Late 1800s believe that Assyrian Empire existed, and they doubted Scripture, but it existed. They found Nineveh, some of Nineveh. It was a massive city, and uh, here the. Uh, what I wanted you to grasp here is not just the judgment and, and the protection of God's people, but also the warning to God's people, the Israelites, uh, the warning to the Ninevites and the Syrians and that they were going to be destroyed. if they All of that, in verse 7, it says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who take refuge in him. That's just a profound verse, isn't it? And it takes on deeper meaning if if we take time to study this book, this little prophetic book. But the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who take refuge in him. And so, praise the Lord. He is still on the throne. He still rules. He is still in control. And he knows us by name. Think, and we're going to go here in just a little bit to John chapter 10 with the kids. Now let's pray. Let's continue to worship the Lord who is good, right? The Lord God who, who has, uh, he loves you. He, he cares about you, okay? He knows those who, who take refuge in him. He's, he's not above and beyond so far that he's unaware of what's going on in our little lives. <laughs> he cares. And he has a plan and a purpose. Yes, Todd? Got an update. Okay. Okay. Still dazed and confused, and he's going to have hip surgery on what day? Monday. Monday tomorrow, and he's in Loveland. Okay. All right. Thanks, Todd. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you would be with Dave in the surgery. Pray that it's effective. We ask for continued healing, that he'd be more aware of what's going on, able to to think more clearly. Thank you that he is doing some conversation with others. We also ask, Lord, for Mildred, that the doctors would be there attentive They would hear what she's saying. They would listen and be able to, from that, find some answers. We ask for healing. We ask for some help for her, Lord. My Uncle Jim, pray, Lord, the doctors know what they need to do. We ask for healing for him. Thank you for this little baby, Matt and Sarah Bates' baby. We pray that you would strengthen them, direct them, guide the doctors. Pray that this little one will be used by you in a powerful way. Uh, we 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 thank you, Lord, for Deb's friends that they uh, they were saved from a totally destroyed home. But not only that, but they were healthy. And we ask for your provision for them. Uh, Dandy and I our friends um, in Texas. Um, um, uh, Mike and Nicole Burkett. We ask that you would um, just provide for them uh, where they totally lost their home. Um, lord uh sherry peterson and many others that are unable to be with us here today please encourage and strengthen them uh we pray for for wisdom for them as as they continue to seek medical help um we ask lord that uh, anything else that I'm, i'm missing you know you know far better than i do what's going on just that we would all cling to you you who have are able to heal, you who care, and Lord, we know you are good, and, and that you are our, our stronghold, that we would cling to you, that we would turn to you, knowing that, that you care about all of those who seek you, who take refuge in you. Lord, we pray for um, just a, a powerful time now, that we could encourage one another by your word, through your word, uh, through your leading, Uh, And that as we worship you here together today, not only that we would be encouraged, but Lord, that your name would be lifted up and that um, our vision of how great you are would would um, just grow in such a way that all these other things that are taking place in the world today or in our lives um, are minimized that we would we would first look to you, Lord uh... and not so much at our problems or trials or even the good things um, that we would see that you're much bigger than all of that lord that this would be a time where we're able to do that in jesus name Amen.
1: Um, I don't know if you've been, I'm sure you do follow the news and stuff. And something I've noticed lately is it seems like um, God, Jesus, Christians are becoming more and more unpopular with uh, current culture. And and this song that we're going to sing first is just to remind us that, um, hey, God's the author of love and he sent Jesus to die for our sins. That's the ultimate step of love and we need to hang in there with him so please stand up we're going to sing 510 stand up stand up for jesus stand up stand, stand up, up for jesus ye soldiers of the cross lift high is royal banner it must not suffer different way, 485, if you're following in the book, 485, God will take care of you.
0: josh and josh and just josh or josh and the girls all right even helen no no
1: okay
2: work? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's the Johnny Cash song. There are some people who say we 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 cannot tell whether we are saved or whether all is well, they say we only, only can hope it. and trust that it is so. Well, I was there when it happened, and so I guess I ought to know. Yes, I know when Jesus saved me Saved my soul The very moment he forgave me He made me whole He took away my heavy burden Oh, he gave me peace within Peace within Satan can't make me doubt it I won't doubt it It's real and I'm gonna shout it I'm gonna shout it I I was there when it happened And so I guess I ought ought to know. know Don't care who tells, who tells me salvation so is, is not real. The Though the world, world may argue that, that we cannot, cannot feel the heavy burdens lifted and the vile sins gone. gone. But I was I there when it happened, happened. and so no, I, I, guess I guess I ought I to know. Yes, I know when Jesus saved me, saved my soul, the very moment he forgave me, he made me whole, he took away my heavy burdens, oh, he gave me peace within, peace within, Satan can't make me doubt it, I won't doubt it, it's real and I'm gonna shout it, I'm gonna shout it, yeah, I was there there when it happened, and so I guess I ought to know. know,
0: good any kids want to come up here we'll do a little conversation So, well, no, you know we like to look at these youngsters. Okay. So, here to start out, let's see. Uh, here, come with me, Gideon. Come on. Oh, oh, that's Jude. Okay. Here, Jude, sit down. Let, let's go with Elsie. Come on. Come on, Elsie. Huh? One of those days. I Okay. All right. Come on, Lily. <laughs> All right. So at least I got one name right. Did I get your name right?
1: <sighs>
0: oh, it's Jasmine. Okay. You know what's happening, don't you? Huh? Okay. Who, who are you? I'm Lindsay. Oh, okay. See, I, I was going to say you were Josie. <laughs> I don't know. All right, Jack. You're Jack? No? Okay. Yeah. You're Jack, and you're Emma. No, I'm oh. Now, <laughs> no, don't beat me up, Walter. Hey, do you think Jesus gets our names mixed up? No. Does he know our names? Yes. He knows our names. You think? Really? Dandy and I were walking around Mer- Camp Maranatha, and we met a couple out there. And, and we were talking, and it was nice to get, they're from Cozad. And then we walked away, and we're like, okay, what were their, their names? And I said, well, they have name tags. So we'll just wait for the right time and look at their name tags, and we'll get their names, right? Too bad we don't walk around with name tags. You guys like walking around with name tags? No. I don't either, to be honest. It helps, but what did you tell me? Who knows our names? God. And I one of my favorite, I have a lot of favorite chapters in the Bible. Who has a favorite chapter in the Bible? You guys, you have a favorite verse? Huh Gideon? Jude, I know it's you. Do you have a favorite verse? Yeah? Sort of, huh, Gideon? He said no, but he went like this. Yeah, one of my favorites is. John chapter 10. In John chapter 10 we have where it talks about Jesus who is not just a shepherd. What's more than a shepherd? There's a word we could put on before that. Father? How about a great shepherd? You know they call certain people the greatest of all times. Jesus is the goat of shepherding. Right? greatest of all time. That's the that's the current term they're calling like Tom Brady and some other people. But uh the greatest of all time. Jesus is the great shepherd. Okay, we're getting bored. Look at here in John 10:3. He's talking about being the great shepherd and 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 you have to enter through the door. He's also the door. Jesus is the shepherd who is the door, and so there's no way into salvation apart from Jesus. So who do we need to turn to, kids? Jesus. All right. Good job, Elsie. Oh, Lucille. Okay. But then it goes in verse 3, To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, And leads them out. Okay, he calls them by name. And so we hear his voice. Okay, if you know Jesus is the great shepherd, are you going to follow him? Okay, it's kind of like when mom says, hey, I got some good food and snacks on the table. Do you come running? Some of you, if you're like me, come running. So we we follow the sound of our mom's voice and we go to the table and we're ready to eat. Right? Right? I love eating, too. (laughs) Yes. All right. So, but Jesus also, sometimes, have any of you ever been lost? Yeah? Did you know I grew up in a really, really big place? And and the big store we would go, one of the big stores we would go, go to was Denny's in Stapleton. It was huge. It had three aisles. When I was little, I lost my mom in Denny's. At least I thought I did, right? It was so huge at that time. One of my earliest memories. I thought I was lost, but she knew my name, and, you know, Denny knew my name. (laughs) You're not lost. (laughs) I mean, so it's good to have them know our names, and Jesus knows your name, right? So kids, we could go to verse 9, too. There's a lot that is said here by Jesus in 9. It says, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And I love verse 3, along with the whole teaching of that whole passage is that we're never lost. Jesus knows my name. And I want you kids to turn to Jesus by faith. Okay? And remember, he knows you by what? You won't get confused. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that cool? All right. <laughs> Let's pray, okay? Let's pray to our great shepherd, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we thank you that that we can know that, that we'll never be lost. You are always near and you know our names. You care about us deeply. I pray that these kids will grow up knowing and loving you and following you, Lord Jesus. Pray that you'd bless them and strengthen them and use them in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thanks, kids. Jasmine, Lucille, Jude, all of you who, and Josie. (laughs)
2: Lindsay,
0: I'm sorry. Being ornery. All right. Um so we might get we I hope to get into some heavy matters and and if the kids listen you know some of the things that we could get into could cause great concern um and honestly this week I I was talking to someone is like I'm not sure I even want to you know raise kids in this world today um you know and there's a lot I forget and I think about, you know, Lorraine was, was born just right after, a couple months after 9-11. And there's a lot of events we could look at and say, well, why do we pursue families and children and, and we look at the world the way it is today? Just remember, Lord knows your name. Uh, one thing we can remember is family is, is a blessing. And sometimes, and then I don't remember if it was my wife or my sister-in-law or who said, uh, made a good statement that, you know, it's in, these, in the tough times that sometimes we find kids that grow uh, spiritually mature more than in the good times. Uh, and so hold on to the Lord and continue to seek Him. We really don't have a lot of time today, and there's a lot I want to go over. Let's start with prayer and and the reading of scripture again always crucial we'll start out in John 15 18 through 25 we don't normally do this but let's would you stand with me as i read this passage and we'll pray John 15 18 through 25 if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the, the world would love its own, but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If, the perse- if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also." But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no they would not have sinned. But now they have both seen and and hated me and my father as well. But they have done this to fulfill the word that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. Let's pray. And, and Lord, as, as I pray, I come before you and thank you as the next couple verses mentioned that you sent your helper who will come in the spirit of truth who proceeded from you the father uh, through the prayer of the son and Lord, we just thank you that uh, you have not left us alone, and you are coming again, Lord Jesus. We we and here specifically, as we look at the disciples, we we're, we're not left. We will not be left as orphans. You will come again, and we look forward to that day. and And as one of the elders mentioned this morning, we keep our eyes on you, Lord Jesus, uh, and and we await for your glorious appearing. Um, Lord, as we look at this passage today, uh, I, I don't want, uh, any of us to go out here discour- discouraged, but just more aware, more in tune with following you and being on fire to serve you, Lord. And so I ask, Lord, regardless of what comes out of my mouth and may what comes out of my mouth be what is only glorifying to you and what is what you want me to say. But everything that is spoken of here today is something that will ignite all of us a passion within us to put you first and live faithfully and fully for you, Lord Jesus. We ask your blessing upon this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated. Anybody remember the last boring news cycle? Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, the current events have and and really should cause believers to be excited, though, And some of us are going around and and it's a little concerning. Yes, we can be concerned, but there's a lot in the news that that should remind us of the the slant the world is taking towards the events of the end times, what will happen during the tribulation. And many of these events remind us um, not only... Of the end times, but they rem- they ought to remind us of the urgency of living for the Lord Jesus Christ today. Um, it is fascinating to see all that's taking place, and yes, again, it causes much, it should cause us to be in uh, fervent prayer. But there is a continued battle that's being waged, and there is there is an agenda behind everything. And the agenda I want you to see is not a, it is a political agenda because it gets into morality and morality has been placed on the front lines. But it is more specifically what we need to be, what we need to be aware of, a spiritual battle. There's demonic force behind everything. And I, when we minimize the reality of, of Satan's plan, Satan's hope, then we may reason away the significance of what's taking place today, to be quite honest. The gospel must be defended and proclaimed against the darkness of Satan's manipulations, right? Or we can say we must engage with the gospel knowing that we are on the front lines. We are on the front lines. And so today, one of the challenges that I want you to grab a hold of is that we must engage with the gospel knowing that there is a global unity against God. There really is. Just a reminder, that passage in John 15 was, yes, to his disciples, but to all the disciples that would come after following Jesus that that if they hated Jesus, and he's speaking this night of the Last Supper before his crucifixion, uh, if they hate Jesus, they will hate you. And we have been blessed tremendously in the United States. The freedom of of, of religion has been a great gift. And, and sadly, while we have done exceedingly well at moments throughout history, we have also failed to be great uh, progenerators or proclaimers of the gospel message within our own nation and throughout the world. We have seen many missionaries go throughout the world and yet there should have been more. But when we look at the current events, uh, how does this all tie together? How do we go from seeing today's events in light of end times prophecy to the the importance of living and proclaiming the gospel? And I would venture to guess that none of us want to see the judgment, the judgment of God on our nation and world. Yes, though we want to see an end to the madness of murder and wars. Yes, we want to see the end of various evils. But like our Father, we also desire that none should perish, but all come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Yet with with, with that we think, we could think it'll just happen. That we can live our normal li- little lives and not be on the front lines. And we're gravely mistaken. The anger and the hate that we see um, more and more. In other words, the vitriol that we see against certain people or certain statements It's part of the diabolical schemes of the evil one, and he's trying to destroy the world and, yes, our nation. Therefore, we have to see how he and sinfulness of humanity have driven them to a global unity against God. And we find this global unity against God first through unified rejection of God, and we simply can see this has been throughout history. We don't have to look at current events to know... We can look at history if it's taught correctly, if it's not smoothing over the bad points, and there's bad points throughout (laughs) mankind's history. But we can see this also in Romans 1. He he said, Yeah, I knew you would go there. Romans 1, 18. I love the proclamation here in 16 and 17, but because the time can't really hit on it too much, but verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because that which is known about God is evident within them for God made it evident to them for since the creation of the world his invisible attributes his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse for even though they knew God they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. And it goes on, they've rejected the truth. They suppress the truth, reject the truth. And so I just want to impress upon you today that there is a unified rejection of God. And even in that passage we read there, They hate Jesus, they hate the Father, therefore they will hate you. it comes with that rejection, that suppression of the truth. And it started even from Genesis chapter 3 we find. The rejection, the suppression. Through not just Adam and Eve buying a lie, but the manipulation of Satan. Questioning God's command in the garden. And throughout history, there's this rejection of truth. Um, it is far, far too easy to do, even in our own lives. Remember, I don't remember if it was a week or two ago, that we have to be careful not to sell uh, sin to ourselves. Don't reason it away. That, that it's not as big a deal as it is. That is, don't think that you can get away with rejecting the truth of God's law, God's morality. And therefore accept sin. But it's so easy to reject the truth. Just notice how they rejected Jesus when they should have believed in him. Psalm chapter 2. Um, you might keep. We're going to be in the New Testament mainly here. But Psalm chapter 2. 1 and 2. And I just to impress upon you the reality of the statement that there has been and always will be until Jesus reigns or until the destruction uh, of Satan and his minions and all those who did not turn to the Lord Jesus in the sea of fire because at the end of the millennial kingdom there will be an uprising again uh, driven by Satan who is unbound after having been bound by chains, chains and cast into the bottomless pit for a thousand years he will be unbound and he, they will raise up against Jesus again. But look at chapter 2 of Psalm. Why are the nations in them an uproar and the peoples devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together. They take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying. And that's all the further we have to go just to understand the nations reject God and there's this unified rejection of God. Don't be discouraged, but don't be disillusioned into thinking, hey, it's all good. There is no underlying manipulation by Satan and his minions. The world, because the nations unify against God, the world unites to reject God. And, and, Uh, One of the main places that we were looking at is Matthew chapter 24 where Jesus is speaking about the end times and the tribulation. And in the events of the tribulation where the majority will consistently reject God, the majority, not all, remember there's tribulation saints, uh, there's 144,000 Jewish uh, (laughs) men of God who are proclaiming the truth. There's a lot of other things, but there are some who continue to turn to the Lord God. But we can see it, not just in the tribulation, what's going to take place, but what has happened throughout history. We can see it today as well, right? When people reject the word of God as truth and God's moral commands as nothing, we we know they have rejected God. Um, Dandy read something to me this morning I was going to use a different illustration but this morning um, about and it's on the Gospel Coalition there's an article Benjamin Blowers referred to it on Facebook uh, that there will be a vote on the Equality Act which will seek to amend the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to include LGBTQ and has a specific statement against using the Religious Freedom Restoration Act of 1993 to defend religious institutions against it. So that's a lot of words, right? There's some illustrations of places being sued already. Of course, one's up, I believe, in Canada. So, I mean, that's out of the realm of of the Constitution of the United States. But what we find while... While there's a good chance of this being to being passed, we would hope that the courts would uphold the First Amendment. Uh, if it is passed and, and there will still be uh, some push, continued push against religious institutions saying, hey, married, uh, relations outside of marriage, intimate relations, sexual relations outside of marriage, any of it, at a sin. And it's more specific about the hiring of those within religious institutions, right? Food pantries or food food banks or or you know you think of open doors ministries in Omaha may be under lawsuits if they reject those who throw out what the bible says is sexual sin. Okay. And it goes a lot deeper than that. But I, I just want to impress upon you, and some of you might wonder why uh, sometimes I am a little more political. I believe that if we lose our Second Amendment, we will lose our First Amendment. Okay. And I believe that if we lose some of these, and, and some would say, well, why do we think we have a right? And I would submit to you that as a husband of a household, I have a responsibility. I am willing to take a, a, a hit on the cheek. I'm willing to go to prison. I'm willing to die for Christ, not raising arms. But I am also see that as a husband, if my family is under attack, that it's my responsibility to protect them. Now, some of us might say, well, what? eh, okay, whatever. But we have been blessed with the First Amendment. We've been blessed for religi- with religious liberties. And I think United States stands in stark contrast against the push for globalization in the sense of drawing us closer to the end times. And the question would be, should we fight it? Well, we need to stand up for the truth of the word of God. So we, we can't, when I say that, I try not to put that thought about the Second Amendment above the thought of I'm going to proclaim the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ that is my topmost that is where we have to boldly stand that other we can say it's it's over here it's a side issue so if I put that side issue before everything else and I'm wrong but we have to stand up for truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ which includes say this is bad news sin is Destroys And yes, sexual immorality is sin. All sexual variations outside of marriage is sin. And we have to be willing to say, no, that's sin. If there's no sin, there's no need for a Savior. So I don't know. I may have gotten all gobbled up. I got off of my notes here. But it's important for us to understand there is a deeper issue here that's, that's boiling up under the surface, and it's really not under the surface anymore in a lot of different ways. And, and while we need to be careful what we're speaking out against, we have to be willing to stand up for the key issue of, of what it means to, to know Jesus and why knowing Jesus as our intimate, personal Lord and Savior is so important. Because apart from him, we're headed to hell because we're sinners. And yes, living in sin is destructive, and it destroys families. And I would, vent- I would like to mention that while I mention our nation, it is important for us to see that the family is the major institution that Satan would like to destroy first. And he is after our families. So while we may talk possibly even politics or national news, we have to remember my family is crucial, and I have to fight for my family. Husbands, we need to invest in our wives. Wives, we need to invest in our husbands. We need to cheer them on. That's what they were saying at Maranatha, cheering one another on. And so if anything, if, you, if all this other stuff fell apart, you're always like, oh, talking about this, 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 we have to hold together. The front line is your marriage and our families and our church family. And so, second, let's get on with this. But, but the challenge here: <laughs> we must engage with the gospel, knowing that there is a global unity against God. And second, we find global unity against God through the, this unified superiority complex against God. That's a fancy. Uh, modern-day term for some old words of pride and arrogance, okay? Pride and arrogance against God. And and Isaiah 14, 12 and following, we see a, a national leader, but also behind the scenes because of the words, All good, sound theologians say it's speaking of Satan and Satan's pride against God. But don't get confused in the sense that, oh, it's only Satan or it's only an earthly king in Babylon. It's both. (laughs) But mainly we see this this pride, this arrogance of Satan saying, I will ascend above God. I will ascend. I will raise my throne. And really he's going to be higher than God. This is sinful pride, and and it's important for us to see that this is what Satan wants us to have—a sinful pride. And yes, I think that our last president had the sinful pride. I have no idea how that met, how that got mixed up, and yet he still had good policies. Okay. And because of those policies, it slowed down that globalization. Because of those policies. And now we see that being totally destroyed. Um, But mankind's pride against God. Uh, Reference, and because of time, just want to refer to it, Genesis 11.4. Think about one of the first places, the Tower of Babel. And what they said in Genesis 11.4, Let us make a name for ourselves. There was a rejection of God in that passage. There was a rejection of His command to fill the earth and subdue it, to, to obey Him, right? There was a desire to be greater than God or to make their own saviors. And I think when you look at the tribulation, they, they want to choose their own saviors. We want to be our own saviors. We think that we can save ourselves and And in that sense, we've got to push down what God tells us in His Word of sin. Oh, that's not really sin. We can save ourselves. Isaiah 31.1. In Isaiah 31.1, it says, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong, but they do not look to the Holy One of Israel nor seek the Lord. And so here we have Isaiah proclaiming this this pronouncement against his nation of Judah, that that they were seeking their own Savior in another nation, in their weaponry, their horses, their, their chariots, and yet they were not going to the Lord God. Do we do that today? Yes, in a different way. Of course we do. And it's that pride. We're going to save ourselves. We'll do it our way instead of the Lord's way. And we have to be careful not to have that mentality. I have it. In my own sinful flesh, that I'm going to do this. I'm going to solve this problem. Then, I, you know, later when I have time, I'll pray, <laughs> or I'll go to the Lord. And some of that comes out. Somehow, we got it talking about this week to somebody about uh, it's a lot easier for me not to get angry and swear that it, since I don't work with cattle. And someone says probably a pride issue, right? It doesn't go your way. I said it's also patience. <laughs> And this goes the same way with trying to be a, a mechanic at times. Oh, why on earth did this happen now? And what? Right? Some of us might pride. I'm, I like to think some of us just patience that I'm not that proud of a man. But, you know, it's our, our flesh bends us this way so when we're talking about the world and the way they're doing it remembered Satan so he knows where we're weak and it's so easy for us to look outside ourselves and say look at the rest of the world and yet we fail in a smaller level we, we, we say we think right so we have to be careful that we're not just looking out there but that we evaluate ourselves but we think we can solve our own problems, and, and it continues today. Um, and it's not, when we say this, it's not saying we can't and we shouldn't seek to do what we can the best we can to do what we can to make things better when there's a crisis such as COVID-19. two. First John 2.22 2, says, Who is a liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. And how does this have, what does this have to do with this last statement uh, that there's a, a unified support, superiority complex against God or about man's pride? You know, you look at Israel when Jesus was walking and, and they accepted him on Palm Sunday but rejected him inevitably. Their pride. Spirit of the Antichrist is one. Our pride causing us to reject Jesus, in any way, shape, or form. Well, that that that's kind of taking it and changing it just a little bit. But those who reject or deny, the Father and the Son. The future Antichrist in Matthew twenty four fifteen. Because of time, we we really can't go there. Just write down. Uh, uh, Matthew 24:15 Daniel 9:27 talks about uh, the Antichrist. And so what we see here is people not turning to Jesus and the Father but turning it to a human for salvation, world salvation, physical salvation, national or worldly salvation. Nationalities are going to kind of be pushed down when we look at the end times and so, when you look at the the destruction or saying, hey, we don't need borders and this and that, we shouldn't, you know, one nation isn't better than another nation, we're pushing to that one world government. And when we see that push, it, it, it should make us think, oh yeah, a one world, but not just a one world government, a one world government that denies God and wants to make their own savior. Um, you know, what I'd really hope to, to hit uh, is that, you know, the whole world has been blessed in the sense that the Lord, throughout history even, that there's been this ability to have freedom of religion, and we've been blessed to have this freedom of religion. And yes, it doesn't mean that those persecuted can't thrive, because uh, the, blood, the, the, the growth of the saints is built upon the blood of the martyrs, but yet we have been so blessed. We've been blessed uh, by these religious freedoms to uh, proclaim the gospel throughout the world, hopefully doing better than what sometimes we think we've done in the past. But we have this ability to talk to people in public still. Um, some of that is being squashed. Uh, I don't know what the latest news is about. Focus on the family being censored because their stance is, uh, of calling someone by a certain pronoun, okay? It is there. I just want you to understand, it's not just people uh, thinking that that they're right. There is a spiritual battle behind it, and we must pray. But when we look at all of this, um, it should remind us that that there is a spiritual battle. Um You know, I think the United States is kind of holding up this and and reading other books and listening to other uh, people on prophecy. I'm agreeing with them. You know, you look at some of this, uh, even if you look at some of the more innocent news, think about the Bitcoin. Tesla is, the last, about 20 hours ago, they reported Tesla made more money on the Bitcoin than they did in their sales. That's crazy. But the reason I bring up the Bitcoin is, you know, if you have the U.S. dollar as a basis, I think that hinders the, the progression of a one-world economy. Does that make sense? It will be a one-world economy, whether it's a euro or a Bitcoin or some other name, and it's probably going to push out the U.S. dollar. And then we're really going to be in trouble as a nation with our debt. That's the only reason we can have debts, because everybody uses U.S. dollar, but That's another side point. Didn't mean get off on it. But you look at the news, even some of the innocent news, and you say, wow, look at the trajectory that we're headed. But does this cause us to weep? (laughs) Maybe, because we want to see souls saved. But we should be excited. We're in glorious days where we can proclaim the truth of the gospel. And that's crucial for us. And so coming back and just we'll end here in just one moment. But we must engage with the gospel. We must engage with the gospel. Got it? We must engage with the gospel. Going back to Romans 1. So I've thrown a lot in here. There's a lot more we could have gone over. But uh, for Romans 1. 30 says there's slanders, okay? This is at, you know, the progression of those who suppress, reject, and replace God. Um, There's a lot of things that take place. Uh, There's a lot of problems. In verse 30, it continues to talk about how the sinfulness of these people who have rejected God, and one of the terms here is haters of God. And going back to this John passage, they hate Jesus. If they hate Jesus, they hate the Father. If they hate the Father and the Son, they hate his followers. Okay? And yes, this is is not about every single person who has not yet placed their faith in Jesus. This is about a world that those who have outright rejected Jesus and are being influenced by the evil one. Not only are they haters of God, but they're haters of His, and you see this in the larger portion, in that Matthew 24 passage, 24, 9. Let's just look at it briefly. Yes, we're about done. 24, 9. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name down further uh, we see in 22 there's going to be such extreme destruction and the loss of life it says unless those days had been cut short no life would have been saved but for the sake of the elect those days will be cut short the elect within the tribulation And going back to John 15, but just want you to see something. They hate, they are haters of God and haters of His, of His people, His followers. Don't be surprised by some of the news that you see. And kids, I wanted to start out with you about Jesus knowing your name because you're very important to Him. He has a purpose and a plan for you kids. Don't be distracted by the good things of this life. Don't be distracted by the the craziness that we see going on around us. Okay? Don't be discouraged. Right? John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. This is what Jesus is saying. In my father's house are many mansions dwelling places if it were not so I would have told you he's going there to prepare a place for you if he goes there to prepare a place for you he is coming again to receive you unto himself I love that other verse he has not left us as orphans he will come to you to us The disciples, I believe, all the disciples, those who have followed in the footsteps of the original apostles, the followers of Jesus. And so up there we see our good news, bad news. I'd like to point out all the passages again. And there's some passages. There's verses, kids, that point. There's only one. Proclaim that gospel message that Jesus is a Savior. Okay? And so I wanted to end with a very bottom line there. What is our application as we close down today? One, no. Okay, what does that mean? I want you to have that first, the, gospel, the, the epistle, First John understanding of no. Know Jesus intimately. And know that even though everything's going on around you, you are his. Pray, live out the gospel, and proclaim the gospel. Okay, in that order, first come to the saving knowledge of Jesus, pray, live, proclaim. Right? We have to engage with the gospel um, in this, this world, this lost and dying world. So let's, let's pray, and then as we pray, I hope that we will go out and live for him fully and completely Proclaiming the message, Heavenly Father, we come before you. We need you in our lives, and help us to see where we fall short. Help us to 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 correct our walk, to walk more closely with you, and and to stand with you on the issues that you um, deem most important. And for myself included, Lord, help help us to know where. We need to just be silent and where we need to, to speak out uh, and what we need to, how we need to live out the gospel. There's a lot of things with the, thing, with the current events that are taking place, a lot of different actions, good deeds that we can do. Help us to be aware of those. We ask for your wisdom. We ask for your guidance. Uh, of course, first to see what those are and then that we would be bolden to do them. And then to proclaim the truth of of your love for those um, that they would see that you, Lord Jesus, have died. Not only that you died for their sins, but you rose again and you're coming again. Help us to be faithful, Lord, to proclaim the message. Um, I ask that you would guide and direct us today and bless this time as we continue to celebrate and, and to encourage one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Can I have some young... Fellows, come up and we'll take up this morning.